Badham, good morning to you, man. Oh, good morning, Marcus. How are you, darling? Oh, look, I can't complain at all, but since when did it become a legal? Legal, that is. Since when did it become legal to imprison children? Well, it's never been legal. Um, seeking asylum is a human right, and Australia has been in defiance of many international treaties to which we are signatories to for some time. Yeah. Look, uh, the latest, and I've spoken to um, a number of organisations on the program in relation to this story, Priya, Nardis, the family, the Billowheeler family, send them home to Billow. We know, uh, you know, both and you and I both stand on the same ground here, along with, I have to say, a big groundswell of Australians. I think the tide has turned on this. It's time to send this family back home. I can't believe that this little one, Tharnika, had to develop pneumonia before the government acted. And it's not the first time either. I remember uh, just a couple of years ago, I searched through The Guardian and found this story. A two-year-old girl was denied hospital care in Australia by Peter Dutton. A court order was required to override his decision. It turned out the poor child had fluid on the brain. I mean, that's beyond reprehensible. And look, history has repeated itself, I have to say, in the last week. Oh, it's unbelievable. That little girl who is now in hospital in Perth has been in, incarcerated on Christmas Island with her family for more than a thousand days. A thousand days at enormous expense to the taxpayer. More than $6 million has been spent keeping two little girls and their parents under 24-hour surveillance there. It's unbelievable. And now she has septicemia, uh, because of the, the poverty of, of care that's been provided to her in this forced incarceration. She's a little kid. She'd mm. be terrified. She's incredibly sick. And the entire situation is just disgraceful. Those, that family aren't being held because they've done anything wrong. They're being held so the coalition government can, you know, re-prosecute the, the refugee wars of 10 years ago and claim that they're tough on borders, that there are no exceptions, and, and prance around as if this is some kind of great symbolic act of their, you know, toughness and rigidity. And they're literally allowing a little girl to be hospitalised for septicemia, it's outrageous, and I think Australians. Uh, uh, I think Australians are always very concerned about the treatment of children. I think absolutely that this is a country that has good bedrock values, and that our families are important to us, and the children in our community are important to us. And this love of children is the reason why Australia signed the Refugee Convention in the 1940s, and why Australia used to have an extremely like generous attitude towards making this country a place of sanctuary and new yeah. opportunities. That's how the overwhelming majority of our families came to this country. Now you have this, this family with these two little girls who are a beloved part of their community yep. in Biloela and they are being, they are, I, I don't like using words like this because I don't like to oversell or melodramatise things that are quite serious but it, this would be torture for that little girl, physical torture. You know, I was reading a piece today in the ABC about how the kids are allowed to go to school on Christmas Island, but they're accompanied by security guards. Oh, I've the seen the vision. We, we, we played the vision this morning. Uh, it was on the 7.30 report last night. Uh, you know, it's like there's some kind of major threats 
to Homeland Security. If these, if this family returned to Billawila like they should, you know, we're not at risk from them. No. And we're not at risk of our borders being overrun, for goodness sake. It's just, it's political gamesmanship, but unfortunately, <clears throat> it's being done at the expense of people's lives. It's hu- inhumane, and unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's basically been a natural extension of decades of learning to treat people as unworthy, expendable and illegal. I mean, they don't say illegal now, they say transitory. Uh, you know, transitory. Talking, we oh. lock them up in offshore or onshore prisons, deny medical treatment, let them suffer, burn, rot and die. We fill the pockets of companies only too ready to treat them as inhuman for a dollar. Then we blame the broken for our race to the bottom. As though brutalising innocent people, stripping them of dignity and hope is a natural consequence, somehow unavoidable but necessary. It's not. It's disgusting. It's a disgrace. And unfortunately, this little one, Sarnika, represents thousands. They need to be let go. And as a country, we need to reject this systemic default to cruelty. And my apologies to the Bilo family and all that are still suffering. Hear, hear, Marcus, hear, hear. And I think there's an enormous sense of empathy and solidarity with that family. I mean, do we all have collective amnesia in this country? Have we forgotten our own family stories about how they came here? If you are not a First Nations Australian, you have an immigration story (laughs) that in many ways is going to be like that of that family. And do we just, like, pull up the ladder and... Uh, from the people who come after us. Like, what have this family done apart from try and contribute to the community? You know, these were people who were heavily involved in in Billowheel Alive, who made, like, contributions to the community that they lived in. Everything everybody says that, Mm -hmm. you know, that we want... And they have they have done that. They are very beloved and cared for. Yeah. And the way we are treating them, it's, it's a national shame. It is a shame on us, Marcus. I don't want to think Australia is the kind of place that treats people like that. No. Nope. All right. Um, you weren't the one that beat, it, uh, that beat up Dan Andrews, were you? Um, you didn't oh. knock him out at some party or something, you know, uh, where all the big wigs and elites uh, got together. Oh, I'm, and... I'm reliably informed by the internet, Marcus. Marcus, that it was the alien lizard people who live amongst us who sure. are lying in wait because Dan Andrews is, is also an alien lizard person. You know, let's all put our tinfoil hats on um, because I think, you know, that's the, the level of discourse around the Andrews injury. Oh, my God, that man. He has a broken vertebrae. He has been in enormous amounts of physical pain mm. for, what, three months? And the way that he's being rewarded, this is the this is literally the best the opposition can do in Victoria. Um, you know, not contribute in any meaningful way to a discussion about what it's like to be in this state and these lockdowns and how the lack of vaccination. You know, if you were Michael O'Brien, the leader of the Liberal Party in Victoria, you would be in a position to get some brownie points by jumping up and down, screaming black and blue at Scott Morrison and your other Liberal Party comrades saying, where are the vaccines? How is it possible that we have known, we have now known for 18 months that Victoria has these vulnerabilities Mm. to the virus. We are the most overpopulated, like, state, the highest population concentration. You know, we have all of these issues with the weather. We have an indoors culture. You know, we have all these things in Victoria, which is why we're susceptible to the virus. And the vaccine has not been forthcoming. Mm. You know, the federal government has been happy. Peter Dutton 
amazing, something terrible is happening in Australia, Peter Dutton is involved, has been blaming the victims, has been blaming Victorians for being vaccine hesitant. But we are desperate for an effective vaccine rollout that will protect us from this rotten virus. You know, if you were the leader of the Liberal Party in Victoria, you could make yourself look like a bold and courageous warrior by by leveraging some influence over your Liberal Party friends and getting the, the vaccine supplied. But no, no, we're going for internet conspiracy theories about how the Premier got an injury. Internet conspiracy theories, which are very easily disproved by this amazing phenomenon known as fact. Yes, and also by a press release uh, produced by Ambulance Victoria, which was very clear of the nature of the injury and exactly why the treatment uh, has led to where the... Premier of Victoria currently is. Let's just shut that rubbish down. Before I let you go, Van, one other issue. I call it a distraction. Um, Mr Morrison uh, jumping in front of the cameras yesterday to take a little bit of credit, well, as much as he could, over this wonderful work done by the Australian Federal Police and and the FBI and others around the world. Yes, it's been a a magnificent achievement by law enforcement, uh, to, to crack down on organised crimes. We've intercepted tens of millions of dollars. We've also uh, shut down major crime syndicates that were using this uh, this so-called encrypted app, all the rest of it. But the Prime Minister has jumped on this front and centre to try and get a little bit of limelight uh, and, you know, hijacked it, if you like, as a distraction from, have you guessed it yet, Medicare. They want to attack oh, yeah. Medicare. Of course they want to attack Medicare. They've been trying to attack Medicare since the 1970s. Yeah. You know, like, let's remember, Malcolm Fraser may be remembered as sort of your old lefty uncle these days, but during the 1970s, they actually (laughs) shut Medicare down. Medicare was introduced by the Whitlam government, and when the Liberals took power um, from Whitlam, they got rid of it, and Hawke had to bring it back. Like, it is absolutely woven into Liberal DNA that they don't, believe that we should have a a public accessible health system. They think everything should be privatised. Greg Hunt, who unfortunately is the Minister for Health, is on record saying that he'd like to to see Australia move to a US-style system. Yeah, where it costs you $100,000 to have a baby, for God's sake. And God help you if you have twins in America. Literally, God help you. I mean, anybody with an American friend has heard the absolutely horrific stories about healthcare in this country. And this is something that Greg Hunt aspires to. Yeah. Like, that that's what we should refer right. to. Yeah. Of course, they, it's always trying to take Medicare apart by stealth. And what enrages me is in the 2016 election, Labor made this point very clearly that the Liberals hate Medicare. And of course, they have plans to chip it away and try to take scam. it apart. The and the Liberals cried, cried, well, oh, you know, they're calling it the Medi-Scare. And now they're doing it. <laughs> All right, man. Always good to chat. Oh, Marcus, it's fabulous talking to you. We'll talk I again next week. Great. Thank Marcus you. Man. Ditto. Uh, by the way, if people want to have a listen to your wonderful uh your podcast, where do they go? Oh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify yep. or Google Podcasts. It's called The Week on Wednesday. Um, and we love doing it. We have a natter for about 45 minutes about how the economy and policy works. And yep. we make it fun. I promise. We I love it. Fun. All right. Thank you, man. Talk next time. All right. Take care, Marcus.